0: Good times roll.
1: Welcome to All Ears, the official podcast of the Cedar Rapids Colonels, high A affiliate of the Minnesota Twins. I'm your host, Chris Kleinon Schultz, the voice of the Cedar Rapids Colonels. On this podcast, I will interview past and present Cedar Rapids baseball influencers, including players, managers, and executives. Minnesota Twins first base coach and former Cedar Rapids Colonels manager and hitting coach, Tommy Watkins, joining us on All Ears. Thanks so much for jumping on the podcast today.
2: Awesome. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
1: You've been blessed to have close to a quarter century now in baseball. Just how fortunate have you been to not only just be on this great long journey from playing into coaching, but also to do it with one organization, an organization that's had ties to where you come from out of Fort Myers.
2: Wow, man, it's been crazy. You say almost quarter of a century. Uh, I think last year was my 23rd out of high school, and um, it's been crazy, man. It's, it seems like time has flown by. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. I've, I've been very fortunate to be with the same team um, since I started, um, especially being in my hometown, too. That was something cool that um, not a lot of people get to experience. So um, I've been blessed.
1: Looking at your time in the Twins organization, naturally want to focus on your couple of stints with Cedar Rapids and also later on talk more about your other time in the Midwest League. You know, your first time around came as a hitting coach with Jake Bowers. Just how cool was Jake and that staff and those teams to work with?
2: Oh, it was awesome. Um, Jake being one of my best friends still to this day, um, it was fun to work with him. Um, we worked together for three years. Oh um, do know, it was cool being in the Midwest. Uh, he was close. Um, to see the Rapids so um, he would go home we would go uh, on off days so it was cool um, to be able to coach with him uh, we got along great so and I think that um, showed how our players um, played for us too
1: you know, you had some really good players, especially in that 13 squad. I was fortunate just for a series to see him on the other side when I was doing radio with Bowling Green. And people remember like the Max Keplers and the Jose Barrioses of that team. But like Adam Brett Walker, the second. I mean, you had some real studs in that team, including guys who didn't even have the kind of success of the big leagues. Again, like those Keplers and Barrios and people that, you know, twins and major league fans are a little more familiar with.
2: Yeah, we um yeah, we did have Buck that year. Polanco, Kepler, like you mentioned. Um, but then you talk about guys that um, you know, maybe didn't make the big leagues that were just as good. Adam Brett Walker, like you mentioned, still hitting home runs and wherever he's playing. Um, uh, Travis Harrison, um, and DJ Hicks also, you know, those all three guys that um had a lot of pop man and and we talked to, to teams that come in they were like man you guys are good like one through nine anybody can hurt you uh, that was fun to watch that year
1: naturally I got to experience a little bit more about what you brought to the organization in 2017 being the broadcaster with you as a manager you know by that point you'd had a lot of coaching since in different places how great was it in 2017 in Cedar Rapids to kind of be running the show finally
2: Oh, it was good, man. Um, cedar Rapids is a great place to to coach. Um, you guys, the front office, um, do a really good job on making the players and the coaches feel comfortable. And um that way you go out and, and you can concentrate more on coaching and then you have to do on like stuff off the field. Like the um host family the host family deal that you guys provide for the guys is is pretty amazing, man. You don't see that a lot in professional baseball and I think it it helps a lot
1: when you think about the season itself a two-part question what probably stands out as the most exciting moment of that season and why is that moment Travis Blankenhorn stealing home against Clinton
2: (laughs) 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 man that was man I get goosebumps man telling that story all the time but that was man that was that was a pretty cool uh, moment I think for both of us um, just us talking at third base and him doing it. we had cameras in the dugout. Um, it was it was awesome man. I tell that story all the time.
1: You know let's dig more into that. you know what's kind of going through your mind at that time? What are you and Travis seeing and how do you get to that point where Travis actually goes home and gets you what turns out to be the winning run of that game?
2: Well, it was you know the way the ending was going, um, we end up making it to two hours with the bases loaded. And uh, I'm looking around the field. The third baseman is playing almost on the outfield grass. The shortstop isn't close to set. They're all just way back. And the and the pitcher, um, when he comes set, he would come set looking at the ground. And finally I said to Travis, you want to go? He's like, What? I said, You want to go? He's like, What if he swings?" I said, you gonna you'll beat him before he swings. He said, All right. And I backed up and, and it happened so fast, man. But he did a great job timing it. And, um, yeah, he stole it pretty easy, too.
1: Yeah, that pitcher, I remember just – it's not it's just that he looked at the ground. He was just so meticulous in terms of all the little things he'd do to get set. So, there was plenty of time even before the pitch, well, before any swing for Travis to go. And, yeah, he made it look easy. It was an awesome moment to be a part of as a broadcaster, too. Just absolutely incredible.
2: Man, its I watch that video all the time. And, um, like I said, when I told him I think he can make it, he said, what if he swings? I said, you're going to beat the." you'll beat him before he swings. And that was was pretty cool.
1: You know, what else kind of stands out from that season in terms of, you know, being in the postseason, just other special games you're part of, or even just all the other cool people that you got to experience with, whether it be directly with the team or some of those people like fans and others that might be more on the outside of things.
2: I I think everything about it, man. That's my first year managing. So um, it was just cool to kind of take it all in. Um, Like I said, dealing with you guys in the front office, Um, dealing with Linda with the host family Um, just everything man You, you guys do a good job of welcoming us so I definitely appreciate it
1: First Pitch app for iPhone and Android, the official app of minor league baseball and the Cedar Rapids Colonels. Set the Colonels as your favorite team and you can order tickets, see upcoming promotions, and get the latest team news. Plus, get stats, scores, and watch all Colonels home games and select road games with an MILB TV subscription. Download the First Pitch app today, the official app of minor league baseball and the Colonels. Follow the Colonels on our social media platforms including Instagram Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube.
0: Hey, hey, girls, let the good times roll. Cedar Rapids, Colonels, let the good times roll.
1: You went on to manage the next year with Chattanooga. Also, we're in the Arizona Fall League. In 2019, you get some more opportunities moving forward. You eventually get to be the first base coach of the Minnesota Twins. You know, for a lot of people who maybe just see it on like the more local, like literally kind of level, the first base coach there is just a guy who encourages you and yells back when the pitcher throws over. I'm assuming at the major league level, there's a little bit more to that job.
2: Yeah, there's a little bit more. Um, I always joke. If I have to say back, it might be too late, (laughs) but yeah, there's more involved. Uh, I'm also uh, in charge of the outfielders. So, um, you know, making sure they're in the right place from um, the position they give us and stuff like that. Uh, also, just trying to study the opposing pitchers and understanding what their moves are like, how quick they are to the plate and and things like that. So it, it, I do a little bit more than just stand there at first base.
1: You do stand there and look good, though. I mean, you were matching with the mask this past year. I mean, you were styling in that first base coach's
2: box. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, that, that. I wore that mask once. And then um, I got it from somebody there in Cedar Rapids. So um, I thought it looked good with the baby blues.
1: Does the mask make it a little more challenging for one, just also be mindful of distance with people, but also just obviously having that in front of your mouth, just trying to communicate things to people that get to first base.
2: Yeah, I think uh, a little bit, but um, I think it also helps to cover a little bit. So, you know, maybe you can kind of be a little more discreet discreet so the first baseman can't hear you. So, um, I think it, it works pretty good.
1: Yeah, I mean, who needs like the play sheet like the NFL guys have? You could just wear a mask <laughs> all the time. It does actually work I, like that.
2: I, I know, right? Not too bad. <laughs> yeah.
1: You know, what are some of the other challenges of just working in a 2020 season, one with COVID-19 and all the protocols, but also among other things, I don't know if things were really different in this aspect, but I think in terms of race and social justice, I think there was a greater awareness because things were shut down and people were paying more attention to those kind of things as well.
2: Yeah, and, um, you know, a lot of that stuff, uh, I'm not saying started in Minnesota, but um, it happened in Minnesota. So we were probably right there in the middle of it, and um, you see a lot of it, and I'm glad that, um, you know, they started, you know, you know, raising awareness and, and, and stuff like that. So it's definitely something that um, we need to talk about, and I think that's what we did as a team. We talked about it amongst each other and, you know, probably got a lot of things out that you know you probably never wouldn't have so I think it was good for all of us just to talk and you know I think you get closer when you actually get to know people know where they come from maybe know the things they've dealt with in the past but um yeah I think we use it as a a good tool to build our team chemistry you know
1: And one of the other things, of course, about the past season, limited to no fans for pretty much everybody throughout the year, how big of a difference is that in a major league ballpark where you're playing even an abbreviated season, still a full year without having fans without their sound, without their movement in the ballpark.
2: It's definitely different. Um, It takes some getting used to. Um, But one thing I tell people is like, you you can hear guys pulling for each other more, um, whereas you probably wouldn't hear that with a lot of fans. So, I try to look at it that way, and I think it's cool when you hear guys pulling for each other.
1: You know, and also kind of dating back to what we were just talking about with the previous question, this seems like a kind of year with everything that came together where it felt like in all aspects, baseball and otherwise, that it was an opportunity for you and everybody else of the team to just kind of get closer and be closer with others, strong as one, be like a family.
2: Oh, for sure. Um, You know, it's tough. We couldn't really hang out like we would like to, you know. Um, we did a lot of zoom meetings, especially in that down quarantine time. Um, but we didn't hang out at the park as much as we would, you know, we come a little later, we get dressed, go out on the field and it wasn't a lot of hanging around. So I definitely missed that part of it. Um, hopefully we can get back to, you know, getting to the park early and, you know, just sitting around talking with each other.
1: Naturally, we spent a lot of time talking about your time in the Twins organization on the coaching side because that's how we know you from Cedar Rapids. But, of course, you had a nice little playing career, made it all the way up to the show. What do you remember about the times as Tommy Watkins, the ball player? Um, I
2: wasn't very good as a player. <laughs> hey,
1: hey, you have more major league experience than I do, so that's worth something.
2: <laughs> no, I joke around. I was, um, I was okay. I was a utility player. Um, played everywhere. Um, always felt like I was a student of the game and I knew I wanted to coach when I finished playing It was just a matter of when that time come but uh, I had I had a lot of fun playing and you know I made it up briefly in 2007 that was that was awesome I wish everybody could you know get that feeling but um, um, I had a lot of fun doing it
1: even though it was a short stint statistically that might have arguably been your best time in ball a 357 average one for one on stolen bases even, you know, what in that time in the major leagues, is there any games, be it your debut or any of those other contests you got to play in that really stand out?
2: I mean, (laughs) all of (laughs) them. My family got to come up and see me. That was cool. My best friend and my cousin came up. Um, That was cool. Um, Let me see. One, I don't know. My first at bat was, I'll remember it forever. I was so nervous and. Um, Tori was walking back from the plate as I was going and he was like, he's he throwing cutters and I don't think he threw me one cutter, but, uh, just everything about it was, you know, when I was up there was, it was awesome.
1: Yeah. Just to put it out for the record, single against Miguel Batista, not a bad way for that first A <laughs> B to go, huh? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> when you were in the big leagues, were you around long enough to have walk-up music?
2: No, no not at all. Not up there. Um, they could have played anything, and I would have been happy for me. They could have played anything, I would have took any number. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, did you have anything special, say, in the minor leagues for walk-up music?
2: Uh, I wouldn't say too special. One year I wore number one, so I had um, Nelly, number one, mm-hmm. that's song I'm playing. And funny story, well, maybe not so funny. The next year I tried to get the same uniform, number one, and it didn't fit. Oh, my God. So I had, I had to change the <laughs> <laughs> Well,
1: it's fun. We've been talking to a lot of people about music for all the years, this Colonels podcast, and mostly it's a lot of walk-up and entrance kind of stuff. But one thing I also wanted to touch on, so again, I had you in 2017 when I was broadcasting with the Colonels and you were managing. It seemed like every time we had batting practice in Peoria, they'd be playing the same country music station at Dozer Park. And somehow it seems to be the same songs during the same time of the day, too. And I just remember every time Body Like a Back Road by Sam Hunt came on, you were just belting that sucker out. You had fun yeah. with that, too.
2: Yeah, I did. I did. Um, <laughs> One one album I remember, speaking of music, was um the Florida Georgia Line in 2013. Man, That, that
1: reminds me of
2: um, Cedar Rapids.
1: Oh, my goodness. You want to talk about Florida Georgia Line Association. So in 13, I was with Bowling Green. 14 I was with the Charleston River Dogs in South Carolina. We actually had a Florida, Georgia line and Nelly concert at our ballpark during one of our wow. during one of Damn, our both. road trips where the team was on the road, but I was staying back and helping with the concert. <laughs> nice. I mean, how it'd was, be nicer if concert? I was I mean, it would have been nicer if I was actually in the ballpark as opposed to like a mile away in a parking lot just being oh, an observer. Wow. But you know, you can you can still kind of hear it from back there, right? You know, right. You know, Florida Georgia Line, Nelly. Th- th- it does just seem like ballpark music, especially <laughs> having had a concert in a ballpark that I was technically right. a part of. Cedar Support the home team and shop the Colonel's official team store, the Bim Ritter Diamond Shop. Get all of your authentic Colonel's apparel, including caps, T-shirts, novelties, and more. There's no better place than the Colonels to entertain clients, be social with coworkers, or just party at the park. Visit kernels.com to learn about all of the ways groups party with the Colonels.
0: Everybody, everybody, everybody knows when you're at the the good times roll. Hey, hey, colonels, let the good times roll. Cedar Rapids colonels, let the good times
1: roll. You know, in addition to Cedar Rapids, you're in the Midwest League coming up, playing with Quad Cities. You know, what was that ballpark like before it became an amusement park?
2: Uh it was cool, man. It's still cool. Um by far, probably one of the favorite parks to play in. Um, especially when the um, you know, when the when the lights come on, it gets dark. The bridge lights up. It's pretty cool. Uh, especially playing, at, playing as your home park. Um, but the year that I was there, we didn't play in it for the first half of the season because of the the um, Rivercrest, and we had to we had to move out. I didn't understand what was going on. I remember coming in one day and they said, "Hey, we we got to move out. We got to pack everything up." I'm like, "For like for what?" The river crest. So we went on the road. When we come back, the water was like, oh, it was crazy. Something I've never seen before, you know. And um, we had to play the first half on the road. But um, it was cool, though. I mean, we spent a lot of time with each other. So um, that's definitely a year I'll remember for sure.
1: I think what was really fun, by the time you came back as a manager, they were really building up the amusement part of things in left field. And I remember there was one day where – what was it like the eighteen fifty eight baseball game or whatever was happening where the field wasn't available it was like let's just get everybody on the rides that was a really fun <laughs> afternoon.
2: <laughs> yeah, right. That's right. They told us we couldn't hit on the field, so I said, hey, can we ride the rides? That was pretty cool. Um, I-, I like to do a little team bonding though to get the guys together, and I thought that would be, f- that was fun for us all to you know to get in to ride the rides. <laughs>
1: I think I still have video of being on that little mini roller coaster somewhere on one of my devices. I mean, that was just a trip being on it. Plus, speaking of those kind of different activities, you were the one who took us to Field of Dreams at one point, right?
2: Yeah, we stopped at uh, Field of Dreams. Um, I thought it'd be cool for for the guys to see it. So we played the movie on the way. And um, as we pull up to, you know, the whole, the house there it was pretty cool. I thought I enjoyed it myself. I don't know if everybody enjoyed it, but.
1: I mean, I hope Rortved enjoyed it. You you pressured him to take it at bat on the field.
2: I didn't pressure him to take it at bat. I'm telling him not to take in the <laughs> <laughs> it at bat.
1: It would have it been a great trip if he had hit one into the corn, but it would have been a terrible trip if he had ended up doing something when he was up
2: there. I know. That's why you don't, you don't want guys messing
1: around like that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess it was everybody else that was pressuring him. Where it's like, "Hey, come on, let's do it." It's like, "Yeah, go on, do it." It's like, and you're just sitting back, like, "Oh, hopefully something oh, don't happen here."
2: Please don't do it, please. Yeah,
1: but he got through that unscathed, as I remember, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, he did. He did.
1: You know, also in terms of the Midwest League before the colonels were linked up with the twins, it was the Beloit snappers with the twins. He so had a few seasons with Beloit and Pullman field, you know, and that's one of the ballparks that's going to be going away moving forward. You know, now that that's place is going to be a relic or, you know, whatever designs they have for us. Like what thinking about Pullman field, what does it take you back to in terms of memories and what those experiences were like? Um, You know,
2: that was my first time coaching. So um, I was grateful to have a job and I will coach anywhere that I had a job. So, um, you know, you kind of, you suck it up and you, you do, you make do with what you have, you know? So, um, they got, they're getting a new stadium, right?
1: Yep. I haven't, um, I haven't checked in recently, but it seems like they are constructing and getting some things done over these last few months.
2: Right. So, um, Yeah, that that should be a a nice place to go and play baseball. But, yeah, they definitely need to do some upgrades. Um, I don't think it's changed much from when I was playing in that league in 2001.
1: I would probably agree with that. And there is a certain (laughs) charm to it, but especially as things keep changing on the minor league baseball side, you're looking for better situations for the players and the coaches to be in. You know, if not just more amenities, certainly something that's a little more comfortable and better to work in. And, you know, if them getting a new stadium means that they can still be a part of the league moving forward, that's good too, especially because, you know, the league office used to be run out of Beloit.
2: Yeah, sure did. You know, George
1: Speely's was the guy the head honcho running things at the time that you were coaching there. So mm-hmm. it seems fitting in a way that, you know, even for all the changes that Beloit still in a way is going to be a part of this Midwest League moving forward, even though all these other things are changing with it.
2: Yeah, you talk about the players and coaches. Yeah. But I think for the fans too, to come and enjoy a baseball game and um, you know, and and see the product that they're putting on the field.
1: And hopefully we're in an opportunity, you know, if not all of 2021 and maybe by 2022, it, it's going to be great once we get to a point where we have not just fans in general, but also fans of the kind of levels we had attendance wise, especially because I know the minor league teams are all looking forward kernels and otherwise, just because we didn't have this past season. So that's going to be a big step in moving things back towards, you know, if it's not normalcy moving forward, at least something close to the normal that we used to have.
2: Yes, that's that's for sure.
1: You know, thinking about other things that have been going on with you recently, we've talked so much about baseball, but you also have the Tommy Watkins Foundation. It's one thing to be able to have the thought to do something like that, but how did it become possible for you to actually get an actual foundation together and start doing things through it for your community?
2: I don't know. I've always wanted to give back. To you know, my community and or communities that I've spent some time in, and um, I don't know, I just thought now is the time to do it. So, um, my buddy, he helped me fill out the paperwork and um, started started small, but we're we slowly trying to you know give back to my city. We gave away some backpacks in um, Fort Myers and Minneapolis. Um in august uh gave away a bunch of um presents at christmas time we fed about 16 17 families so um we're slowly trying to do stuff it's been tough with the pandemic but um hopefully we can do a lot more um in the future
1: yeah then you you recently had the golf outing on mlk day how did everything go with that
2: i went well um you know planning it was tough but um, I had some really good help behind me, so um, it turned out really well.
1: What kind of goals do you have in terms of either specific initiatives or just in general for the foundation to kind of grow it and keep it going moving forward over the next several years?
2: You know, I, I just want to keep on helping um, any way I can. But I would ultimately like to, you know, give away a scholarship yearly, um, especially somebody that probably wouldn't have been able to, to afford it. But um, that's what I, I would like to do that for somebody. And uh, I would like to do it like on a yearly basis and maybe as, as many as we can, but just to keep on helping youth in my area.
1: How excited are you for another season in the Twins organization, especially coming off some playoff appearances, hoping to once again get back but also move out of the opening round here in 2021?
2: I'm looking forward to getting started again. We had a call this morning. Uh, you know, just getting ready for spring training. And um, it'll be here before you know it. I uh, Can't wait to get back out there and, you know, to get the season going.
1: You know, And how cool has it been dating back to last year and certainly the years before where all the different guys you've had coming up, be it as a hitting coach or as a manager, where now you get the chance to work with them on the major league level?
2: It's awesome to see, you know, guys that you coach make it to the big leagues. Um, it's pretty cool to see guys when you manage, you make it up to. Um, last year when uh, Blanket Horn got his first hit, it was pretty cool to run out there and grab his stuff from him. Uh, kind of, you know, tear up a little bit, uh, thinking about it. But um, it's cool to see those guys make it and, you know, start to be successful and, you know, help us win.
1: You know, what, what's like that Paul Rudd video everyone keeps sharing is like, you know, look at us. Who would have thought it, right? <laughs> right, for sure, for yeah. sure. I mean, we talk about see the future stars of tomorrow today at Colonels games. It's not just the players. We got some stars in the managing and coaching departments, you're definitely one of them. It's so awesome to see you do stuff at the big league level and see you be a part of the twin success, man. I
2: appreciate it. Um, Hopefully we can keep it going. Um, Just try to get better, man. I try to get better every day and try to learn as much as possible
1: absolutely well tommy thanks so much for your time congrats on everything you've done in your baseball career thus far and good luck to you the twins and foundation and everything else moving forward
2: thank you i appreciate it
0: cedar rapids colonels let the good times roll
1: this has been all ears the official podcast of the cedar rapids colonels this podcast was created by the cedar rapids colonels and edited by metro studios logo created by brandon vacco and the cedar rapids colonels I'm your host, Chris on schultz Thank you for listening.